Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Carn, and Mike Steenstra. All right, and uh, welcome back to another interview um, on Rooster and the Devil. I'm joined by Luis Argudo from Inter, um, Inter Miami, um, new to MLS. Uh, Luis, thanks for joining uh, joining with us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to share some inside on my life and my soccer career absolutely uh what do uh what do you what have you been doing the last two months you know with uh with everything kind of down just uh um you know with the virus going on like uh um what's uh what's your day-to-day been like we've actually been um like training pretty hard actually we have a like a zoom strength meeting every other day and then they send us uh like a running packet so we've been doing that since the day that everything was closed so we've been staying pretty active and busy and just keeping it keeping fitness up um that's about it really has it been uh has it been hard keeping you know in touch with the guys you know i mean you know everyone you know playing together for the first time um i didn't know if you guys kind of missed out on some of that you know uh that bonding time you know getting comfortable with everybody yeah um what I what I really liked about this team, as soon as everyone got here, um, we got really close. Uh, I think every like the first month, obviously we're preseason, and then um, having maybe the two or two weeks that we were here in Miami, um, I think everyone bonded really well. And and obviously it sucks not seeing them, but uh, one of my, my roommate is one of my teammates, and um, we have like three or four other guys in the on the team that live in our building. So you know we see each other quite a bit um but it does suck to like not see some of the older guys who have families because they live obviously kind of far away and and in houses to have you know space for their kids and stuff but um for the most part everyone's pretty tight and cool so it's really nice absolutely well uh we'll get into some more of the the inter uh, miami questions here in a little bit but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, um, you're from you're from New York originally, correct? Yes, New York City. I'm from Queens. Okay. Okay. Um, and what was uh, what was like your? Did you go to like a traditional high school, uh, or did you play like in, in an academy? Like, what was your youth uh, soccer experience like? It was it was fun. I did. Uh, I went to a public high school. Um, I went to Princeton Lewis, and we were we were decent. Um, I didn't really get into academy until uh, really late into my senior year, maybe. Um, I was still young enough to play, so I did that. Um, but, like, growing up and, and playing soccer in Queens was a lot of fun. You know, I, I have a lot of friends um, that I still talk to, and, and we have a group of players that a good amount that went pro and, and are pro right now. So whenever we go back to off season, you know, we, we all link up and, and train together for the most part and, and do other stuff. So it was cool growing up in Queens and playing high school, high school ball. And then obviously Academy ball, which, which helped me get into, get a better grip of, uh, you know, this, how important soccer was for me, I guess. And, um, to take it to the next step, which was college, obviously. 
Yeah, so college, uh, originally you went to uh, Elon, is that right? Elon. Yeah, Elon, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, so going there originally, um, what was uh, what was that like? Is that the only place that you had really thought about going? Was there other places you considered? So I was out of high school. I was supposed to go to St. John's. Um, you know, I had a, a, a good deal going there, but um, I'll be real, my grades weren't the greatest, so... Um, I couldn't go, I guess. And then, um, so I ended up going to a community college for a semester out of high school, um, because my kids weren't the best. And then I was still young enough to play Academy cause I'm a late 95. Um, okay. so I, I took that chance to play Academy and not play in the community college cause it would have took a year away from eligibility. So, uh, well, I played in academy for two or three months whatever the fall semester was and then um i had a one of my coaches skip um who's who's amazing and we still talk to this day and he's actually gone to a lot of some of uh my weight games and i seen him after i graduated and stuff but he was telling me that there's this school elon that was um interested in in uh in me going and they really wanted me but i never uh heard of them so i was a little hesitant and i, I never heard it. so i thought there were maybe a d2 school or something like that and i didn't really want to go d2 and then he kept bothering me about them and then when i took my uh finals that semester the elon coach who was darren powell who's funny enough is the one of the coaches here in the usl team it's, it's funny how it's just a full circle yeah yeah absolutely but uh he called me and then I like Googled them. And then they were at, at that point, at that time, they were like top 10 in the country, division one. I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, all right, maybe I'll, I'll look at them. And we spoke. The only time we ever met was on Skype because he gave me the, the rundown of the the um, scholarship and all that. And then I think two weeks later, I was uh, on campus and then just stayed there for two years. Okay. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, two seasons uh, there, um, and then you transfer to Wake Forest, which is another uh, obviously um, men's powerhouse. We've gotten to talk to quite a few guys that either you played with or were there before, or maybe a little after you. But um, and just talking about like what a excellent school that was for getting them ready for pro. So what was for you? What was the the change to go from Elon to to Wake Forest? What what drove that? Um. Just to like, you know, uh, compete at a higher, um, I guess, conference. I mean, we we were really good at Elon. My sophomore year, we we went really far. Um, but I knew if I, and it's this nothing against Elon. I just I just felt that I had to, you know, leave to be able to um, strive to go pro. And I mean, a lot of people from Elon got pro. You know, uh, Danny Lovitz is, is on the national team and stuff like that. And you have other guys. Mm-hmm. Clint Irwin. Um, I just felt that I needed a to like express other options, and you know, with the wake, I, I we spoke with the Elon coach, and then um, I told him that, and then the uh, the wake coach called me, and then he asked me to go visit Wake. I did, and then uh, I had other schools that I were talking to as well, but ended up choosing Wake, and it was probably the best decision I've ever made, really. And uh, you guys, your junior year at Wake, you guys ended up playing against Elon, right? You scored a goal. Was that junior year or senior year? That was my senior year. I, I okay. played against 
when I was a sophomore at Elon, we played Wake and we won. Okay. And, uh, we beat Wake at Winston Salem, and then my senior year we played Elon, and then we beat them at Elon. Um, yeah, it was cool. Very cool. So talk, talk to me a little bit about Wake, um, just because you know uh, I'm a little more familiar with them than, than Elon. But like, just some of the the players that were there, what was that like coming in um, your junior season with uh, with those guys? Um, it was fun. I mean, it, it was a little hard to get to know the guys in the beginning, only because I, I went to Elon and, and Wake hated Elon. They were telling me for some reason they they couldn't beat Elon. Um, so I came from a program that they already didn't like. And, and the way I play, I'm very aggressive. So I we played them in the spring and stuff like that when I was at Elon. And I would get into fights with, like, uh, Hunter Bandy and uh, Odenbeck and other people just because I'm just an aggressive player and, and someone who doesn't like to lose and stuff like that. Um, so they hated me for that. But uh, going into my junior year, I spoke to Bobby. And, and he obviously told me, he was like, listen, you got – you're a junior, but you got to come here and fight for a spot. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I understand it. I, at the end of the day, I was competing against, um, like Jacory or I, I didn't really play in the center mid, but you know, they had, they had options in every position, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and me being a transfer and, and obviously wanting to play right away was, was a big thing. And I think the first couple of games I didn't, I was a sub and I would come in for 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, um, a half. And then, um, I think one game I, I kind of proved that I belonged on the field and then I started every game ever since. Excellent. Yeah, so you went, went on. Um, you guys went to national final, obviously, your junior year right against Stanford um, mm-hmm. and lost in the national championship game there. Um, but, yeah, two seasons at Wake and uh, uh, going, uh, you know, getting through your senior year, we start talking about looking at you know making that next step to playing pro like um what's that process look like Did, is that like you know talking with coaches talking with like finding like an agent figuring out if you can get into the combine like what does that look like behind the scenes for someone that wouldn't obviously get a chance to see that um yeah i mean it, it was it's easier for some players and it's not for others you know um i think my college career was was i don't want to say bad i think I, I did really well my junior senior year. I mean, we made it to the college cup and then, uh, I like formed, like we formed every team that was there, right. While I was there, we formed such a good connection that we, we knew how to play with each other. John is one of my best friends and I just knew everything like about him, like his movements and all that. And he knew all my movements. So him and I really had a good connection where we helped each other, uh, get the best out of each other during a game. Um, so, our junior, our, my senior year, we kind of felt short. You know, we didn't, we lost to Stanford again in the quarterfinals, I think. And then um, me not being such like a big household name in NCAA soccer, like I had a, I had a very good senior year, but um, I was kind of passed on on the first list, which was kind of annoying um and then obviously you find a, you find your agent and uh you have teams that come and scout you and all that um and my agent was telling me like don't worry like I'll get added and then I ended up getting added to the combine which was uh like that wait for your name to like be selected was uh like very nerve-wracking and just it it, it fueled me more you know at the end of the day if someone if if 
people don't believe in me, like that just like fuels my fire. So I'm just going to prove them wrong. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, you get your agent and then you go through that process of waiting and then you're finally there. And then you, you know, when I was there at the combine, I had a bunch of people that I knew already. Um, and, and obviously John and Emo were there. So talking to them helped a lot. And then that's about it. Really. You know, you just start, you get to work and then, you hope your name gets called, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, obviously, get picked. Um, go to Columbus Crew. Um, get to play um, 2000, uh, well, 2018 underneath uh, at, with Crew. Um, underneath Burr Halter, uh, who is now the national team coach. Um, what was what was he like having him as a coach? Um, I know it was only for one season, but... Um, you know, the coach that brought you in and, and uh, you made quite a few appearances your first year as well. Yeah. Um, I had a great time playing under Greg, you know, I, he, he gave, he obviously gave me the opportunity to be a professional and he brought me in uh, after our last game in preseason and said that they're offering me a contract. And then uh, he was always someone that like really kind of like took me under his wing and, and explained his system and, um, knew my style of play and how I like to play and stuff like that. And he was always very helpful, uh, on and off the field. And then uh, like just my whole coaching staff was, was amazing. You know, we had Wolfie, uh, Joshua, who's like a U.S. legend and, and mm-hmm. Nico who was there. Um, I coached in Valencia, like these guys are top tier. Um, and, uh, I learned a lot from them. Wolfie, every, like whenever I wanted to stay after practice and work on some turning, cause, uh, I was like kind of playing more than eight there he would be more than willing to stay and, and, um, all the coaches there, uh, my rookie year and my like last year, they all helped me out a lot. Um, and then Greg was just someone that like, I, I talked to a lot about stuff on and off the field and, and yeah, he gave me the opportunity to, to make my debut the first game of my rookie year. And then I don't know, I played, I want to say like 15 games, 16 games that year. Um, so I, I did okay, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, eighteen or sixteen or seventeen more appearances than I'll ever make in MLS, so that's <laughs> very cool. <laughs> um, but then, so after you know, after your first season, he leaves, moves on, and then uh, Caleb Porter comes in right for mm-hmm. your second season with the crew. Um, what was that transition like? You know, you just got you know, you just talked about how awesome that staff was that you had your rookie year. What was it like? You know, going through that transition so early on. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little difficult for for me, I guess, only because I was only a pro for one year, right? I, I've never had that situation where, like, oh, changing coaches I did in college, but like that that's college, you know, and and the pro level, like, you have to fight for your spot to to be able to get, you know, to pay your bills essentially and stuff like that. And then uh, it was kind of rough in the beginning. The, the coaches were great. It was just kind of rough in the beginning because I, I wasn't getting reps and um, I them and I spoke a lot and I would always ask them like, what can I do to, you know, get in games or something like that. And cause I, I felt like I was playing really well during practice and stuff. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, fortunately someone got hurt and, and I was practicing well at the time. And then they kind of threw me in uh, little by little. And then, uh, for a, a, a good portion of the season, I was a starter. Um, and then, you know, I just, uh, they gave me the opportunity and I ran with it. And yeah, that was that really, I think I had the, my best 
year so far uh, in terms of playing time and obviously I scored my first professional goal and, and had a couple assists and it was a good year besides not making playoffs which kind of sucked but right so first goal though that was uh um, New York Red Bulls right you scored yeah was it what is it like so I've, I've seen the replay um you know uh, it kind of falls to you inside the 18 and you just bury it uh in you know near post past the keeper like what like that first like I know you've scored goals on a high level you know playing d1 college soccer and and you know academy and that sort of stuff but like that that first feeling you know the the crowd shouting and uh it's sitting right there like get a little tight or you just you were like yep this is it just on the next goal type thing uh what so like how it felt or yeah like, when it yeah went? how did how did it feel for you like was it like nerve-wracking in the moment like uh, for sure. is it one of those things that you remember detail wise yeah be- I, I remember it very clearly because there was an opportunity just like that. I want to say like five minutes or, or seven minutes right before I scored the exact same play. Um, and uh, the goalie saved it. And then um, it fell to me again like that. And um, I kind of, I kind of just hit it at the end of the day, like the goalie was rushing me. So he, he did well to cover the goal. Um, I don't know how I like found the, front post in that position but I guess I did and then it just felt like the like you know weight is off your shoulders at, at the end of the day you, if you're an attacking player you need to score goals and, and provide assists and stuff like that because that's how you're gonna make an impact and then um you know scoring that one like I was finally like all right I scored my first professional goal like there's no need to be worried about that because obviously if you're an attacker you're, you're gonna think about scoring goals and when it finally came I was like all right I'm chilling like uh hopefully more come if if more don't I I, I was always a player in my in college and and now I'll, I'll go a whole season without score I don't care about scoring goals I want to win and I want to get better and I want to help my team out um obviously scoring goals would be sick but it was just good to finally get that first one off absolutely so second season <clears throat> get to get to play quite a bit um unfortunately you guys don't make playoffs um, end of the season, uh, MLS, you know, obviously growing league, a um, couple new teams coming in. So the expansion draft and you're picked seventh overall pick by Inter uh, Miami. What was, what did that feel like? Cause you probably just like got on your feet again at, you know, Columbus and, and with a new coaching staff and now you're moving on to, to enter. Um, can you walk us through a little bit what that was like? Yeah, so um, after this season was over, you know, uh, we stayed there for an extra month to train, and then we left, uh, and I was home. Uh, my agent and I would talk about, uh, he said that like the, there was possibilities of this, that, and then you go online and like on the, ML, like the MLS website, and then you hear, like, you see the, uh, the articles of, like, the players that these teams might pick, and I was one of them, and... Um, you know, I never really like listened to the rumors. It was more like, until it's concrete, then I won't believe it. So then, that mo- the morning of the expansion draft, uh, my agent and I were talking, and then he was. I was like, if you know something, like you would tell me beforehand, obviously, right? He was like, yeah. He's like, you're gonna get chosen. It's just the matter of if they like trade you or not or something like that. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and then. I was watching it and then I kept seeing the, the picks go on and on. And I'm like, all right, well, it might not happen. It could, it, it does to me, it doesn't matter. I still was in Columbus and, and would have loved to stay. But then Paul like, said my name and I was just like, what the hell? 
Uh, <laughs> I've never been in that situation. Obviously, I never got. It was just different, and I was like, "What the hell?" And then everyone, like everyone, all my friends started calling me. My agent called me. Um, all the coaches in Columbus called me, and then Paul called me, and then it went from there. That's kind of wild. Yeah, I'm sure it's a a totally different experience than going to like the regular MLS draft, right? Like where you're sitting there waiting to be called. But this is a little different where you're like, well, if I don't get called, I'm already on a team at least, you know? So, right. Uh, you gotta, gotta be a little wild. Um, but like getting to go to Miami, um, obviously like the, there's all the, you know, being a new club, um, you know, obviously getting to be in Miami and then um, having, you know, you know, team president, like uh, David Beckham, obviously uh, provides some, glitter but what's it like uh what's it been like being in Miami? you know i know you only guys only get to play like two games um in as far as mls goes and plus the warm-up games but what was kind of the vibe just like being in the city like uh you hear people talking about it at all or um what is it what was it like being there in an, an expansion season uh it's been great so far i mean um you see like there's a lot of billboards about the team and and stuff like that, but uh, you know, we've been out a couple of times walking around, and we would see some people with some Inter Miami gear. So it's pretty dope. Um, obviously, Miami. So it, it, there's a lot of like Latinos, and and they wanted to start a team here for so long. So um, the support has been great. And then before everything happened, um, before the the virus came, we had an open practice, and the fans were bumping it was it was sick honestly it was really cool and then uh it, the vibe i think the city really likes the team obviously and and there's some really hardcore starter fans here and and we're excited to play in front of them yeah absolutely actually you got so the postponement started right before you guys first home opener is that right you guys were scheduled to play i think right before they closed yeah we were supposed to play galaxy which was going to be oh, one of the man. I would have been the most viewed like MLS game in history. Um, so that was a bummer, but it is what it is, right? It, I think yeah, absolutely. Whole, yeah, this is just bigger than sports, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like you said, you guys are doing what you can in the meantime. Um, so, kind of looking at stuff now. I know you said you've been doing like the, the Zoom meetings and the Zoom workouts. Um, luckily you live, you know, with, you know, or near some of the other guys on the team, but have they given you guys any sort of like, Hey, you know, we might start doing training here or there or, um, any sort of that, or is it still just kind of like play everything by ear at this point? Uh, kind of both. I mean, the MLS came out saying that they're gonna, we're, we're able to do individual trainings at facilities now. Um, I don't know when that's going to start, but that's supposedly, what we're going to do, but, um, obviously we play it by ear and, and it can change. And so we're just, we're all like stuck to our phones waiting for like the one text or whatever that says, all right, guys, like we're, we can go back to training and it hasn't come yet, but we're waiting and we're hopeful. And I think the individual training was, is, um, a good sign. So, mm-hmm. We'll just keep praying that everything starts getting better and, and people are staying safe and stuff like that, and then the sports will the sports will be back on, I guess. Uh, I I gotta ask. So you know, our podcast is Roosting the Devil. Like um, we started just basically as you know, as fans talking about the Premier League and this expanded on, and we've gotten to talk to cool guys like you playing MLS and and learning more about the league. But 
you know, I am I am the Manchester United fan, so I got to ask: Have you got a chance to meet David Beckham? Like, what uh, is that? Yeah, here? no. Yeah, we we uh, we saw him a couple of times. He. It's funny because when I was in high school, um, I got invited to some like event at the mayor's house or something like that, and then Man United was there. So uh, Beckham was there, Rooney, Rio. I'm pretty sure I took a picture with Neville. Um, I don't remember, but he was there. And then I swear him and I had a, like a 10 second eye to eye connection. And I was like, wow, like this guy is sick. <laughs> right, and then right. just fast forward to now, um, we, we were having a team dinner and then um, he just walks in and I swear everyone just stopped. And we were like, what, the, like, what is this guy yeah. doing here? And then, uh, yeah, I mean, he's chill, though. He's so chill. He's cool. He's very laid back and super nice, you know? I mean, like, someone that, like, big of a star doesn't have to be as nice as he is, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. you meet some people, and they're just not cool. This guy is so down to earth, and um, yeah, he's just a cool dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that it's – I've been excited, you know, um, for him and, and the project and finally getting, you know, Miami going and, and obviously now, you know, it's, it's just kind of like waiting to see till when we can get back. But, you know, I, uh, I'm super excited to see, like, I, I think you like, I looked at your guys like roster, I watched the first two games and I think you guys have a chance to be good. You know, it's, it's always hard that first season, but harder when, when you get something like this that happens and, and hopefully, you know, anyone that's out there is staying safe and staying home, but yeah, uh, well, cool. Uh, so, Mike, uh, Mike usually runs these these interviews, and he's actually way better that, <laughs> at it than I am. But he always I likes to way. ask the guys if there's uh, if there's something that like soccer related or not soccer related, anything that you wanted to like share that would be a cool story or anything you like, like that's been bothering you. Um, it's uh, he calls it a rant, like uh, anything you want to get off your chest. Um, I don't, I don't really know if I have a rant. I think the, the people who like, obviously my friends from college and anyone who knows me, um, I just kind of go with the flow, you know, um, um, the only time I ever really get mad or upset is in soccer, but I don't know. I think the one thing I would say now is like, obviously everyone to stay safe and, and like, know that we'll get through it together. And if anyone needs help with anything, like, uh, reach out to people, you know, talk to your loved ones. Cause, uh, like it's scary out there. You know, I actually, this one thing I, I read in New York city, like, um, like suicide rates has gone up during this like pandemic. And, you know, like I said, people who know me know, I just go with the flow and I'm for the most part, I'm someone who's like usually really happy and stuff like that. But if like, anyone's going through anything, especially during this time, like, I don't know. Just talk to someone, right? At the end of the day, like, um, it's it's scary for everyone, but we got to stay together and and we'll get through it together. That was really weird, but still, no, you know, it, I think it's important to no, talk it, about it. No, I mean it is. It's it's it is a good. You talk about it. when you're talking about being at home, like you know, for for months on end, like that that personal connection can mean so much. Just to like reach out and talk to somebody, or reach out and and make sure everyone's doing okay. I think it's a, a good point. Well taken. All right. So, well, Hey, I, like I said, I want to make it short and sweet and I, I appreciate your time. Um, like once again, Luis Argudo plays for inter Miami. Look, uh, look for him when we 
get MLS soccer back hopefully sooner than later. And, um, and thanks again, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. And, uh, whenever you guys want to do it again, I'm always open to talk to fellow Deacon fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, we will remind you of that when the season starts. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks man. Have a good one. Not in my lifetime Not in